Mark Johnson may not run again for superintendent of public instruction, instead turning his election hopes elsewhere. In his wake, two new challengers appear, and they're both Republicans. Does this mean the North Carolina superintendent of public instruction race has been decided in favor of the red? We'll talk about this on this Halloween episode of the NCNC Podcast with your host, Spooky Doc Carter. Happy Halloween, everyone. This is your NCNC Podcast host, Doc Carter, feeling a little possessed on this October 31st, the day in which... Uh, This podcast is being recorded. You're probably going to get to it a little after that, so I hope you are having a good post-Halloween as well. I have been informed that the superintendent's race might have gotten a little bit more interesting. Uh, Alex Granados, on the 24th of October, published an article called Representative Craig Horn for State Superintendent and revealed that we don't know for sure if... Mark Johnson is going to run again, and I think that it would be a good thing for him not to run again. I think the Mark Johnson brand is ruined with pretty much everyone in North Carolina except those small peop- group of, that small group of people with whom he probably surrounds himself, and of course his handlers. Now his handlers are very very powerful, um, maniacally powerful. Uh, so. We've also seen them uh, try to find any way they can to keep that power and to abuse that power. So, you know, just because I say his brand is ruined, and I believe that it is, um, doesn't necessarily mean that he can't run and can't win. Uh, And (laughs) he may be able to do so honestly. Um, I don't think he can. And if he can win honestly and on the up and up regarding things, uh, I don't know North Carolina as well as I think I do. Of course, I probably do not, quite frankly. But all things being fair and all things being logical, (laughs) uh, I I think Mark Johnson would do well to get out of uh, politics altogether. He seems to think, apparently, that um, he has other ambitions and that he would be suitable for other positions, whether that's uh, lieutenant governor or governor or something else. Who knows? I don't know. But there is the possibility that he will not run for North Carolina superintendent of public instruction. I think that is a good thing for the state. However, it may be bad news for whomever gets the Democratic nomination. Of course, there's going to be uh, a primary to figure out which of those six, uh, six right now anyway, um, Democrats who are running for the Democrat nomination to the position who who gets it. Uh, And again, assuming all things are fair, we don't know who that is going to be. Of course, we may or may not be living in a system that is fair and honest and only up and up. And uh, there seems to be what I would think is some evidence to that because we seem to have one front runner who seems to think they are the front runner and has a lot of support uh, and, and a suspicious amount of confidence in themselves being the front runner. Uh, so suspicious that if um, if I were someone who uh, was on the opposite side of the aisle or of a different political inclination, I would really be investigating that because uh, just because our Republican uh, leaders act villainous 
doesn't necessarily mean that the Democrats are the heroes here. Okay, uh, Many, many times in adult life we have to choose between the lesser of two evils. Sometimes you want Snickers and you get Milky Ways. Sometimes somebody steals your Transformers and replaces them with GoBots. And you just have to make do with what you've got. And there may be some very good uh, Democratic candidates. I've interviewed five of the six and I think that they are all fine people. I do not think that they are infallible. And I think um, if you're keeping up with them uh, and listening to their interviews and following them on social media uh, and seeing where they are connecting themselves, I think you can get a good sense of how and when and where they are fallible too. So it might be bad news for Ribbons that this obvious mistake might be removed from the equation. What we have now is the possibility that Craig Horn, who is a Republican representative um, who represents Union County, might be interested in running as a Republican candidate. As well, Catherine Truitt, who I believe is associated with uh, Western Governors University of North Carolina, uh, may be interested as well. And I believe she might be running as a Republican too. Please forgive me if I've gotten bad information there. I don't know that much about Truett, but Representative Craig Horn seems to have had some bad ideas in the past regarding education, but Truett seems to think that uh, he is trustworthy as someone who could be in that position. I guess we'll have to do a little bit more research, but here's the deal. I think there are a lot of Republicans who would have voted for a Democrat had Johnson stayed in the race and who will vote for a Democrat if he stays in the race. But you get him and you no longer have to worry about him in that capacity and you can decide whether you want to vote for him or vote him out um, in whatever other position he decides to run for. Uh, And you bring in someone else. Well, all of a sudden, I think there's a renewed energy for those who are centrist, who are moderate, who um, might be closet conservatives, but because of where they teach or because they are seeking some sort of leadership position in the uh, union, uh, they are quiet about it. And I think there are a lot of uh, quieted, closeted folks who might very well be interested in voting for a Republican who is not Mark Johnson. So I told you I was feeling a little possessed. I mean, it's Halloween after all when I'm doing this podcast. Uh, And so I have sort of embraced this evil spirit. Maybe it's an evil spirit. I I don't know. I mean, I just, there's a spirit within me that has made me think about things from a Republican and conservative point of view lately and look at the teachers union a little differently and the message that is we we sort of get browbeat over in terms of quote-unquote social justice and equity uh, and how little we actually hear about socioeconomic reform and actually addressing poverty. And it just seems like, wow, you know what? A lot of these members might actually be racist. And we already know that many of them are socialists or would embrace some form of socialism. By the way, uh, I probably would too. Uh, And in fact, I've seen some of these high-level folks Uh, whether I can't say whether they are associated with the union or not, uh, but in some of these organizations that we have, all right, uh, these Crimson for Plimson and this sort of stuff that we have, uh, that suggests that um, they are not only sympathetic to socialism, but to communist ideas as well. I, I think if you look at the far left teacher leadership organizations in North Carolina, certain things start to stand out that can be disconcerting. 
on one hand, they talk so much about equity, but they talk so little about an inclusive equity. Essentially, it seems to be that they want to flip the script. And what does that mean? In North Carolina, we still can't get over the fact that we're not just black and white. Okay, so it seems like white bad, replace it with black. All right, and if you're brown, good, but hey, you might have to take care of yourself. It depends on what type of brown you are, uh, and that's just pathetic and frustrating. Um, but of course, as a white male, uh, I can be called out by saying, hey, you just don't want to give up your privilege. Well, I don't, I don't know what color or ethnicity the spirit is that has entered into my body. Maybe it is in of itself racist or classist, but uh, I am starting to see a lot of not necessarily revolutionary thinking within the leftists in North Carolina and those in the teachers union so much as I'm seeing a pedagogy of replacement okay it's almost a pedagogy of revenge politics as opposed to pure equity and I think one way that we can see that is in how afraid people are to talk about doing anything specifically for white students because the idea is that they've been served no matter what their socioeconomic status are, whether they're first year or what have you. Uh, and I know, I know as a white male why I have to be careful about saying that I want to serve white students. Uh, and that's why I embrace the sort of the all-inclusive all and I don't feel like all is or has to be a negative term. Uh, I don't see it as exclusionary or reductive. I really do mean all comers, all shapes, all sizes, and what have you when I say all. And if you were to look at my scholarship, I have tried to um, embrace that in one way or the other. If you were to go back and listen to the Doc Carter Does His Homework uh, episode of the podcast, you'd see how I am trying in my own small way to be more inclusive, more democratic, and to open up spaces uh, for explorations that students may not have had in previous curricula. But I worry that this, the, the leftists really are not about expansion. They're simply about flipping, all right? Uh, replacement pedagogy as opposed to um, a, a true equity pedagogy. And uh, I think, you know, when we think about those on the far left, we often think about elitists. And I think there is this whole idea within the left that, oh, if you don't think like I do, you're simply not good enough or smart enough to be like I am, and therefore you are not like me. Get away from here henceforth, okay? And uh, yeah, I mean, I certainly feel that. I mean, it's, it's very frustrating when you want to connect with people, uh, but you can't line up with them 100%. And since you're not lined up 100%, um, you're somehow seen as lesser or what have you. Um, I, I don't understand left elitism except as uh, a, 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 another type of jackassery. So I really cannot dig into that too much. But, you know, I understand why I have to be careful about saying, hey, I want to serve white kids, even though they're not the only type of people I want to serve. But I'm very curious as to why people of color on their social media and when they're talking about social justice and what have you uh, are scared, it seems, to come out and say that they also do or that white people are, are part of or white boys are part of their social justice agenda and that they want to support them and grow the world for them just as much as they want to do students of color. And I find that curious. It's almost as if uh, what might be perceived as uh, racism when it comes from a white mouth is perceived as selling out or not fitting in enough or not buying into a very staid, one might say conservative interpretation of social justice that we are seeing from the left. So, you know, I, I'm sort of rambling here, but my point is there are fissures 
all right, that these Republican candidates, if they choose to run for North Carolina Superintendent of Public Instruction, can stick their fingers in and dig around, all right? They can either tear them apart or make them deeper. Uh, and I think if I were part of these teams or I were these people myself, I might play a hardball game to try to mess around in those cracks until I get some guts or some blood on my fingers. In fact, uh, I've recently thought if I were going to go hardcore against my Democratic opponents, anytime I met someone and I shook hands with someone who was a member of the teachers union or a member of Crimson for Plimson or whatever else we've got out there that is supporting uh, leftist ideas of education reform in North Carolina, I would probably ask them, I would say, hi, hello. Oh, you're a member of this organization. Really? Hey, are, are you a communist? Are you a socialist? Are you an abortionist? Do you support abortion? Really? So you're going to tell me that you are an advocate for students, yet you're just as much an advocate for those students not having existed? How do you mesh that as an educator? You know, do you really think the parents of the kids that are sending their kids to you like the idea that you're just as happy for them not to exist? All right, so I might ask that question. How, what do you think about abortion? Are you a communist? Are you a socialist? Hey, do you like white people? Or on the inverse, do you hate white people? All right, and I would hope that I was in some sort of public space so that I could capture their answers and I would analyze those answers, okay? Uh, this is a whole thing about discourse theory, which actually comes from the left and the same sort of Frankfurt school of thought that the social justice and critical race theory folks seem to have their basis in. And that is you analyze what is said and what isn't said. And it's hearing a lot of what isn't said compared to what is said repeatedly, all right, almost ad nauseum, that has led me or this spirit within me on this Hallow's Eve to think that perhaps these leftist organizations are not what I thought they were and perhaps there is a space for a Republican to come in and steal this nomination or just to take it outright, uh, assuming you know our systems of voting are just. <laughs> hey, hey, it, it could happen. But anyway, so how do we manipulate our current political or edupolitical exigency if we are wanting to see a Republican in there? Well, I think asking those questions of anyone who is in the union that you meet and feeling their discomfort and seeing how their body responds and getting their answers, all right, and actually even seeing how their answers change over time, I think that's certainly one thing you have to do. I think another thing is you've got to infiltrate systems like Red for Ed, um, the NCAE, and I, it pays me to say that, but again, I'm speaking through this demon today, all right? So we're sort of a character within a character within a character, uh, wrapped up in probably an asshole, but that's okay. I'm not the only one. You have to infiltrate that. You have to uh, infiltrate Carolina United North, wait, wait, it's not Carolina United North Teachers. It's United, North Carolina's Teachers United, North Carolina Teachers United. You've got to infiltrate that group, and you've got to see who these candidates have aligned themselves with, who is supporting them, what their friends are saying, and how they reveal themselves to be the racists, the race baiters, the abortionists, all right, the elitists who think that just by being, they have already won. 
Uh, and I need to make some notes of that, all right? And that's, certainly, I think these organizations, some of them have already been infiltrated. You've got 30,000 members, uh, and some of them are uh, stooges for ed tech just waiting to run people out. They're, they're quick to dogpile, as I have experienced myself, and uh, they seem to be sort of monolithic, even while <laughs> celebrating diversity. Uh, I, I think they've already been infiltrated, but I would have people in there somehow if I wasn't in there myself, and I would be taking screenshots, and I would be, I would be noting the rhetoric and I would have that uh, in my pocket somehow to address these issues and I would go to sway those moderates sway those closet conservatives who want to change because they know something or not even the closet conservatives but the actually straight up Republicans who know there has to be a change in the Republican leadership but are happy to see it in personnel without feeling like they have to switch all of their allegiances and compromise uh, many of their values that the uh, left's leftists just don't have all right so i'm going to attack their elitism okay like i said we have a front runner in this race on the democratic side who is very confident and i want to do some research in that i want to see if the race just like uh you know what happened with bernie when hillary ran last time at the presidential race uh has the winner quote unquote already been decided and all of this work that we're doing now is just formality i mean after all like i said there is one person who is probably the front runner who seems very very confident confident to the point of arrogant or if you're like me you feel like sure, this person is confident to the point of suspicion. Now, I, you know, and, and I would look with who she's hanging out with, where she's at. I would even look at the surroundings when she goes to visit with other people. All right. Now, I'm not saying she's going to get all the votes votes, but you don't see her hanging out with no broke broke. All right. Now, you go and figure that out on your own. All right, we know that leftists and elitists and money interests are not always exclusive, all right? So that's something else I'm going to exploit. I'm going to see if I have any evidence that on the other side, things are already solved, they're already resolved, and the idea of a primary is really just theater. I'm also going to dig into the sense of elitism and who I, my opponents might be hanging out with at the same time as they are trying to be the party of the downtrodden. Are they truly listening to those populations that have not had a voice? And when they are, are they focusing on one demographic at the expense of another demographic? Specifically, how often do we see them working on socio-cultural issues associated with poverty, for example. I am going to look at all of this race-centric reform, and I am going to suggest that it's race-baiting. Is it actually equity for all if even members that are within the party are afraid to use inclusive language like all for feeling or being told that they are being exclusive? Again, I'm going to think about the leftist propensity to support abortion, especially since there's been so much talk about late-term abortion and abortion in the birth canal lately, okay? Uh, and I know, I mean, hey, I know there's a fellow who used to work in Lee County, and now he works in Wake County, all right? And he and I got into the whole idea over on Twitter about uh, women's rights and abortion rights, all right? Uh, well, you know, if 
you have created life, that's wonderful. That's a godly thing. If you've got something inside of you, maybe you see it as a possession, like this thing that I've got inside of me today. Wahaha. All right. Uh, however, if it is something that we can consider life, well, we have to consider the rights of that as well. Certainly, if it um, is not dead as it's passing through the birth canal, it has certain rights. And I, I understand how the teacher's union has to separate and even tell people, look, we don't really delve into those sort of issues because we want to focus about um, focus on education. However, I mean, I, I want the answer to that question. All right, how can you be pro-student if you're just as okay with that student's parents having made the decision for them not to exist? All right, I mean, you talk about capitalism, all right, and unchecked uh, consumerism, uh, what does it mean if you are in a profession where you're okay if your supply runs out and there's no longer a demand for your service? All right, so I'm going to be thinking about that because this abortion issue may actually be tied to the health of children, certainly beginning children. And I want to know, all right, if you are going to be in charge of young people, all young people and those who are uh, taking care of young people in the state, where are your stances here and how can you reconcile them if you are pro-abortion. So I mentioned I'm also going to search NCAE, Red for Ed, NCTU uh, for evidence. And for me, as a demonic Republican, guilt by association is going to be good enough. Now, as for a regular Dr. Carter, and for most people who are clear-headed about things, you know, and try to be rational in their thought, probably not, okay? But hey, if I'm going to go hardcore against my Democratic uh, opponents, no matter who they might be, Guilt by association is going to be enough for me, and I'll tell you what, I think it's going to be enough for a lot of North Carolinians who are sort of on the fence, in the middle, and quieted as well. Further, I am going to look at those who are running for superintendent right now, and I am going to play that multiple North Carolinas card. Uh, we've talked about the whole idea of there being two North Carolinas on the show and that being an old idea because there are actually multiple North Carolinas. That's, that seems to be an idea that people don't want to admit, but there are multiple, Carolina, multiple Carolinas. There's the uh, white, rich North Carolina. There's the white Appalachian, dirt poor North Carolina. There's the African-American rural citizen North Carolina. There's the Hispanic immigrant North Carolina, okay? And on and on and on and on. All right, there's the second generation Yankee North Carolina. There's the been here since the plantations came or got off the boat in Virginia and walked down, all right, North Carolina. So there's a lot of different identities within this state. But I am still going to mine that division because I look at these six and they're all associated with urban areas, all right? You know, Wake County, Chapel Hill area, uh, Raleigh particularly, um, Charlotte, or the Charlotte to Wake Corridor. And I'm going to claim that these urbanites, all right, are not representative of all North Carolinians. I mean, they represent urban centers for the most part. Um, and these are often the centers of the state that uh, support upper crust hyper leftists, those that can afford, 
all right, to call out other people's privilege even as they are living lives of privilege themselves. Those who may be socialist or have communist ideas while at the same time living in gated communities. I remember when I was working at the University of Texas at El Paso, one of my friends um, there was talking about uh, having a, f a communist friend and couldn't get over the fact that he lived in a gated community. How can you be communist and live in a gated community? And uh, my quip was, well, maybe he believes everyone should live in a gated community. All right, I'll let you think about that. All right, but again, does the Democratic slate of candidates truly represent all North Carolinas or just those urban centers and just those with enough money and enough status such that they can talk about issues of equity from afar and they don't really have much to lose? All right, so I'm going to think about that. Now, all of this is, is predicated on the idea that the election process will be fair and that the number of votes cast both in the primaries and in the final election will not be tampered with and that we will actually be able to have a democratic process as much as we can, okay? Um, that may or may not be the case in North Carolina. There's a reason I call this state North Carolina every once in a while, and all you have to do is look at what Tim Moore and Berger and the legislature have been doing and see their form of extremism that has become sort of the default way of doing things in North Carolina that many of us, including uh, some conservatives, are finally trying to say, hey, we gotta get rid of this, we gotta get out of this we got to find a way to get them out but the things they have done have been to preserve the power so we don't know whether that's going to happen again i think also a lot of this is predicated on whether uh johnson decides not to run again uh which i think is a good idea and will be good for north carolina i do think it can be bad news for democrats who think that um, and have sort of built themselves as front runners or as winners based on the fact that they were going to go up against Johnson. I think if someone like Craig Horn, problematic candidate, uh, and Catherine Truitt, whom I just don't know uh, enough about, does decide to throw their hat into the ring, that changes everything. Of course, if we don't truly live in a system where the people can speak for themselves and, the, and their votes uh, can be counted accurately and speak for themselves, then this is all for naught anyway but i feel that we've got some exciting times ahead of us we still do not know what johnson's plans are uh, my thought is that no matter what he runs for the slogan ought to be any asshole is better than this johnson but that's just me but we'll have to see i do feel though that democrats need to be put on notice because all of this stuff that even i have thought sounds good is starting to wear thin, sort of the same old notions about equity and social justice tied to critical race theory. Uh, it's, it's starting to wear a little thin. It's starting to sound more like race baiting and politics of replacement as opposed to expansion and uh, not so much equity, but revenge. And I hate to say it, but it seems like it's falling back on that whole idea that North Carolina is white and black or white versus black. And that is very, very scary, particularly since I know, and most people know, that this state is very diverse. Maybe not always as diverse in one place as it is or in another, or um, the demographics in one place might be um, diverse compared to whatever you think the norm is, uh, but the norm may be different somewhere else. All right, uh, we are a multiplicity here in North Carolina, and so I, I hate seeing 
people on multiple sides of the political spectrum, but simply with a lot of those that are, that are on the left and those on the right uh, sort of playing as if there are only two ethnicities or two colors or what have you in North Carolina. And frankly, um, it's making me sick to my stomach. But hey, maybe that's the demon. All right, folks, we'll see what happens, won't we? All right, I think generally Democrats have better ideas. It's just that they're so damn insufferable. And and certainly within that group that is running, there are some that have proven themselves to be insufferable. There's some that have not, who have done a great job of sort of balancing their actual expertise with humility and a sense of withitness and uh, camaraderie towards all. But that's not everybody. So one more thing before I go. You know, I just mentioned that uh, Democrats, in my point of view, do have the better ideas, but they sometimes have the the worst personalities, uh, and whereas um, Republicans have bad ideas and bad personalities sometimes. But anyway, uh, one other thing is you'll notice that I haven't really talked much about policy in terms of those ideas, right? And this might be the scariest of all. If Mark Johnson doesn't decide to run and a Republican, no matter who it is, is in that position, whether they run unopposed or there is a primary to actually give us a Republican candidate for North Carolina Superintendent of Public Instruction who is not Mark Johnson, policy might not matter. It might simply be, here's someone who is not the guy who we had before, whom we never should have gotten in the first place. Thank goodness this is now a sign that that level of Republican leadership that we have had to be dealing with might be changing. And it's not so much that we need a Democrat or someone who is not a Republican. We just needed a better person as a candidate who is Republican. All right. So policy might not ever even matter. Okay. Now, Are they going to win? I don't know. We'll see, and we'll talk about it later. Enjoy your candy. Wait, who is, who's that? Is that, uh, who is that at my door? Someone's ringing my doorbell. Oh, oh, what? You say, you say Johnson's going to run for president? No! Thanks always to Ben Sounds for our intro and outro music. Happy rock. Rap, rap, rap. Tap, tap, tap. Henceforth flies that Doc Carter chap. <laughs>